Welcome to A Learner's Journey. My name is Molly Sanders, and the goal of this podcast is to inspire and motivate you by connecting you with a variety of passionate horsewomen and men who have dedicated their lives to helping horses and their people. I'm grateful you're here. In this week's episode, I talk with Beth Moran. Beth is the director of events for Equine Trail Sports. She has a passion for supporting people in creating safe, fun ETS events. In this interview, we talk about what the sport is, who it's for, and how to get involved, even if it doesn't currently exist in your area or you're outside the US. I hope you enjoy the interview. So one of the things that I like to start with asking people is to tell us a little bit about how you got started with horses. Oh, how I got started with horses. I think I was just born loving them. Um, I was very fortunate. Uh, my grandparents had or had a cattle farm um, and a wheat farm here in Northeast Washington. Um, and then, uh, so there was always horses around. Um, and I was extra fortunate that we had a very good family friend um, and he was pretty much a master horseman. Um, and he would bring horses home from auction that like couldn't stand or walk and they were that in that bad a condition and rehab them and train them and and they would eat out of his pockets. And so anytime I went over there, there was always a pony named Topper. I know it was a different pony uh-huh. quite a few times but I didn't at that time. Um, you know, so there was always a pony named Topper to ride. Um, and there was always a horse there to ride that was just gentle and wonderful and amazing. And he never said no, you know, so, so, and he taught me so, so much as a child that I didn't know what great things I was learning. Um, so, you know, so I've always um, been around horses, always had access to horses. Um, and you know, in later years after my grandfather passed, um, my step-grandfather, you know, also had a cattle farm. And so I always grew up, you know, working cattle and being on a farm and uh, working the ranch in the summer and that type of thing. That was my summer job. So yeah, it was really, um, a lot of people's fantasy, you know, (laughs) and it was amazing. Um, so I've always had horses. Um, even, uh, when I got married, uh, a good friend of mine that was my wedding present was a yearling um wow. and so yeah i had her until she was 15 and um that's either a wonderful wedding present or it was, a, a she was horrible amazing. one <laughs> no she was amazing and that oh, was that's a great deal um so i moved from washington to florida when i got married and that was part of the deal the horse goes or i don't go wow. and so we moved yeah we moved her to florida and and uh yeah i've just i've i'm lucky i've always had them always yeah had them. That's really cool. So um, a couple questions. The person that you got your start with, the horseman around the corner, did you ever get a chance to reach out to him later in life and let him oh, know? Oh, I've grown up with him. He was like a grandfather. Yeah, oh, he cool. was the father of my dad's best friend. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, oh, I was always with him and around him until the, he died. Absolutely. Oh, he was incredible. Um and, you know, I would ride with him as a teenager. He was part of the same horse clubs that we were um, and that type that's of thing. Really so, 
Yeah. Cause I think a lot of times we'll have people like that in our lives. That'll just, they'll be there for a little bit and they had a huge impact on us, but we don't ever get a chance to reach out oh. and say, you had a huge impact on me. Oh no, but no. That's Wendell great. is always part of my life. Fortunately, really Wendell cool. and his wife Vita were always part of my life and really neat. Just amazing people. Amazing That's people. Really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. So then, um, how did you, so you're the director of events for equine trail sports. How mm -hmm. did that come to pass? Like how long has that been going you know, on? It's, uh, it's a wonderful experience. Uh, I was, uh, working with another organization, um, and raising money for charity. Um, and that organization, um, dissolved. And so I was in need of finding another tool. I figured they couldn't be the only tool out there uh, doing this. Um, and so I started looking on the internet and stumbled across equine trail sports. And equine trail sports spoke to my horsemanship and how I like to work with horses. Um, you know, they had the obstacles, which I love obstacles. Mm -hmm. um, and they had the levels. So equine trail sports obstacles are set up on three levels and you're allowed to choose the level at each obstacle. So you never have to push your horse off a cliff. And that spoke to my horsemanship. You know, I, I don't believe in pushing horses beyond where they should be. You know, right. they should grow with confidence um, and you should grow with them. And so e the way we compete with equine trail sports is that process. So you know, and then I also um, got to go to a leadership meeting that they were putting on uh, before I started hosting with them. And they really spoke to my moral and ethical values. Um, you know, they're they're very conscientious with how they run their organization and how they run their business. Uh, and I really like that. So I started hosting with them. Um, and after hosting with them for a little bit, they asked me if I would be interested in training judges. And so I started doing live judge clinics and training are the local judges uh, for equine trail sports. And then from that point, they went, hey, how would you feel about training some hosts? And at this point in time, it's all volunteer work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm a very service oriented person. And so, of course, I was happy to do that. And so I started training hosts for them. And at that point in time, their organization had grown to a point where they were ready to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, uh, I worked in the veterinary field. I was a, a, a veterinary surgical tech uh, for 20 years. And oh, wow. so I was ready to retire from that field because that's a very physically demanding field. Right. Uh, and I was ready to retire from that. And, and they said, hey, how would you feel about coming to work for us? We're ready to hire somebody uh, full time. And so of course I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And I've been with them ever since. Uh, so it's, it's great. It's a great job. Um, it's a, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, it's very time demanding, uh, but it's great to be able to help people. Um, Cause most people putting on events with equine trail sports, they're raising money for something, whether it's a therapeutic riding program, a club, a backcountry horseman, um, you know, rescues. Um, and even a lot of people are just trying to promote their own venue. And right. we all know the equine industry is very difficult to make money in. Yes. Um, and so even they're just trying to get people to see their venue, come to their venue, another way for them to make money. So I'm helping people survive in this equine industry. Right. And so that's all very gratifying for me. Um, cool. it, it speaks to my service orientation. You know, I like helping people. Right make it in the world, no matter That's what great. they're choosing to do. <laughs> 
now it's time for a short commercial break. Recently, a pivot happened, and Lala and Romy and I decided to change the event that we'll be offering in October. So if you heard this commercial in the last episode with the interview with Linda, the event has changed. I'm super excited about this one. We'll be offering a two-hour interactive workshop called Develop Your Horse, The Three Stages of Building Confidence. The first stage is one you might be familiar with. It's Approach and Retreat, which is a powerful tool. But what often happens is people stop there. Stages two and three are gonna help your horse to understand what to do when the pressure doesn't go away, or even worse, the pressure gets bigger. It's coming up on October 8th of this year, 2022. It's $30 to join in, and I'm confident you're gonna love this workshop. Register or learn more at shinealightproductions.net. Now, back to the conversation with Beth. mentioned that in the beginning, um, you were looking for another, another organization that, um, right. Would be a a tool. Um, it's a tool. What did that, what does that mean for you? So what equine trail sports is, is a tool. So we're an entire event management tool down right to the people being able to register online. You know, we're a registration tool, Um, we have the insurance in place, the format, the rules, all of the paperwork. We can help them manage their venue, you know, as far as people reserving stalls, hookups, camping, food, t-shirts, whatever it is that they need to reserve. Um, and, and every procedure and every organizational tool, we have a checklist they can follow, um, that says, you know, by it. By, you know, prior to your event, you should have all this done. Two weeks in front of your event, you should have these things done. You know, so it's very intuitive. The whole, it's a package where a normal everyday person who is not a trained event manager can run a very successful, very organized event. Um, I hear it a lot when people go, I'm so thankful I did this with equine trail sports because it was so easy. Um, it, it made so much sense, you know, so that's what we are is a tool and a way for people to put on money without having to design the wheel, um, right right down to support. So we know support is important to become successful at anything. You Mm -hmm. see it in every equine program out there. Most trainers have some sort of online program so that they can continue to help you and support you throughout your education and learning. Well, that's what equine trail sports is for someone wanting to run an event. Um, You know, they always have me. Uh, My job with equine trail sports is to support our hosts and to support our judges. So anytime they have problems, questions, concerns, that we have someone available to them to reach out to at all times, especially during their running their event. We always tell them, if you have a problem, question, concern, contact us. We don't want you to wing it. We want to be able to support you. That's and great. so if they run into something, I've literally been called in the middle of rider meetings. Hey, they asked me this question. What should I tell them? And I tell them what to say, you know? So that's predominantly what we are. We are the tool and we are the support um, and we're the training. So right. We require that everybody get trained in some way. They can either travel to a host that we have deemed a mentor host, an experienced host that runs a successful event and who is willing um, to be shadowed, or they can bring a trainer to them and have that trainer alongside of them, which is usually me, um, 
alongside of them while they run their first event. Wow. And I'm teaching them during the event. I'm teaching the registration people. I'm teaching now this is, their this is judges. Just a, this is just if somebody wants to host Correct. competitions. Correct. That's great. Right. So, so we offer that training and support in multiple different ways. And that's essentially what I do for them. And is that also, I know that you have the judges training as an online option. Is the, Correct. Is the hosting training online as well? Or does no, it that has to be in person? The analogy that I usually use is like, you can watch a YouTube video on how to drive a dump truck, mm -hmm. but until you actually drive a dump truck, we don't know if you do it well, or you'll be confident doing it. Right, so we want somebody to teach them how to dive, drive a dump truck because running an event is um, a lot, a lot of work. So another thing um, is that several folks that listen to the podcast or watch it um, are from outside the U.S. Uh -huh. Is is there an opportunity for folks that are in other countries to bring yes. each to their sure. okay. Um, we are absolutely open and willing to that. For instance, Canada is part of our regions. Um, so, and we do have people who come down from Canada and compete in like New York and Washington. Okay. Uh, so, um, so, so right now they would have to travel to the U.S. to yes. participate? Okay. Yes. Okay. We do have interest in Canada, but we have don't have any active hosts there. Okay. So um, if someone is contacted by other people, um, it just has not developed into that yet, but we're absolutely open and willing to that. That's great. So if somebody in Germany is listening to this and is like, gosh, I'd really like to get yeah. started in my area on a bigger scale. Yeah. They could talk to you about that. Absolutely. Okay. Really cool. Really okay. good. So how about for um, somebody getting started? Um, competition can be like even the word can be Absolutely. a deterrent, right? People are like, I don't want to compete. That, that makes me nervous. Sure. But um, I, I did participate in an ETS event. I am someone that competition is something I've always been kind of interested in, but it also terrifies me because I don't know the etiquette and, you know, what to expect and all that kind of stuff. It's and my favorite part of ETS. Yeah, it yeah. was so welcoming. It really is a, it's a, well, being my favorite part of ETS is the camaraderie that it builds because you, we always say that you can have three different riders riding together on trail and they can all have different goals. And so we call it choose your challenge. So you can have the rider that they are ultra competitive. They, they want to, you know, be the best, do the best. And, you know, they're really driven. They have a plan. They've circled things, underlined things. They know what they're doing. You know, you can have the rider that's, you know, kind of has an idea, but not quite, you know, they're going to wing it, you know, then you can have the rider that just doesn't care at all. And they just want to be there and visit and chat and whatever. They're going to go by the seat of their pants. All those people can ride together because how equine trail sports work is they can choose the level of the challenge they want to do at each obstacle. They're never locked into a level. So once they get to the judge, they're going to, the judge is going to answer any questions that they have about the obstacle itself, not the quality or the performance they should show, but how the elements work. Um, and then they, at that point in time, they go, okay, I think I want to do a level two at this obstacle where they might've been thinking they wanted to do a three or a one, but after getting their questions answers, they've decided it's a two. That's it, just for that obstacle. Then they ride to the next obstacle, and then they make their choice at that obstacle. So nobody knows what bracket the other person is really going for. So there's nothing to brace up against. And you're never locked into 
too high of a difficulty level that is going to um, make you push your horse off a cliff. You know, right. you don't have to do that. So it's equine trail sports is creates a lot of camaraderie because people don't brace up against each other. They can, it creates a very supportive environment where um, at, at my personal events that I, I still put on events, I still raise money for charity with events. Um, I know who I can put my new riders with. I know what experienced riders I can put my new riders with um, to show them the ropes. And usually even at riders meetings, someone will go, hey, I'm new. I, I'm not quite sure I understand. Somebody will usually go, oh, just ride with me. I'll show you. I'll teach you. You know, um, so that happens from region to region to region. Um, people are very supportive of each other with equine trail sports because of how our format is. Right. Um, so at every event I put on, I'm always shocked. I would say about 90% of the time I have someone who will contact me and go, I've never left my property before. Oh, wow. And I'll be like, cool, come on. This is the perfect thing for you. Right. You know, let me tell you how you can be safe. And as long as you can give them that safety, um, they'll come and play. Um, and equine trail sports is very inviting to people who don't want to compete or are not competitive because they can set up their experience. Um, you know, it is, it is a competitive sport. You know, right. that's why we, we train our judges. That's why we want our scoring to be consistent. It's why we have that program. But you can be as competitive or as uncompetitive as you want to be. Um, you can challenge yourself and grow yourself as much as you want to do it. So, um, you know, like you said, for people that don't want to compete, don't be don't be turned away no. because it's a wonderful, it's an organized um, yeah. obstacle course, basically. Yeah, that you get to go through. So it's a wonderful experience for your horse. And do you do you ever encourage people that maybe are um, extra nervous to come and watch? Can they come and watch a day? Or I usually, you absolutely can do that. I usually mm -hmm. encourage them to jump right in, though, okay, cool. because you're you're always going to learn by doing. Yeah. And equine trail sports, I just tell them how they can set it up to be not scary for them. And they can, they can pass. People can choose to get to the obstacle and go, I would rather pass on this and we'll go great. Good choice. Okay, cool. But uh, an important thing to know um, is that you get one point for just walking by the start cone. So oh. that's usually what I tell them. Just walk by the start cone. You know, you're going to get a point for that. Or okay. go into the obstacle and knowing that you can't complete it all, complete what you can do. Um, and you're going to get some points for that, you know. So and then that usually after the first obstacle, they discover that it isn't as hard as they thought it was going to be. It isn't the monster they built it up to be in their head that it's actually fun. Right. And that's how most people get addicted. Mm -hmm. And if they're nervous, I would encourage them to take a judge's webinar first. Um, and that way they can see, you know, the judge's perspective. They can learn how we set up the obstacles in that judge's webinar. We do practice videos so they can see how the, you know, an obstacle would look like, how, you know, people do it well, how people do it poorly and how that scoring works. Mm -hmm. And that gives people a lot of confidence. I encourage people who are interested in hosting to also take the judges training to get to know us and to get to know our format and how it works. Yeah. It's free. It's okay. free training. It is an actual five-step certification process. Um, so, it, and it's free to anyone to do, and they can do it from the comfort of their own home. Um, and it's gotten a lot of 
a very positive feedback. Yeah, that's great. I have, I've heard good feedback about it as well. So I have a Facebook group uh, that goes along with this podcast and I, I've uh, just started asking the group, Hey, do you have any questions for the person I'm going to be talking to? And um, we did have a question that came up for you and it basically um, it's Linda uh, H um, and she, her um, pony club is getting ready to put some obstacles together. And she's wondering if you guys have any set standards for obstacles or if. Yes. Yes, we do have some set standards. We have some things that we say, this is hard and fast for us. Hard and fast for us is um, we never want to turn on the fore, turn on the hind done in water because we can't guarantee the footing and they can't see the feet. They can do a yield, but we don't want a something that where we have to see where the foot is positioned. Um, We don't want a jump to be higher than 18 inches, which is a barrel laying on its side. Mm -hmm. And usually I recommend a host to only do that height for a level three. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that would be a hard and fast for us. We ask that um, hula hoops, we ask that nobody put a foot of either a human or an equine in a hula hoop. Um, We can use hula hoops in a lot of fun ways, but Mm -hmm. we ask that I'm not put their feet in those. Um, We ask that things are set higher than barrel height um, so that people can reach them them reasonably. Um, And we ask that a human never hand something to or take something away from a rider. Yes. Those are our hard and fast. That's great. Um, And other than that, we allow the hosts a lot of creativity. Um, We do have an approval process where they have to turn in their obstacles um, a couple weeks prior to the event and we read through them and approve them and make sure they're set up on our format. And if they're not, then we just reach out to them and work with them to get their vision ac- accomplished, mm-hmm. uh, but set up in our format. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we encourage them to be creative and uh, we don't lock them to it. We have a library, but we ask that they test their obstacles because their apparatuses need to work with the obstacle also but we also allow them creativity to you know to create their own obstacles and use their own ideas uh and that's how we develop our library oh that's great that's really cool so we have a a massive library for our hosts to use and it has Mm -hmm. diagrams in it it doesn't necessarily have blueprints but it has diagrams with suggested measurements and that type of thing um and levels already created and setups already there and if we've experienced any problems um, with that particular obstacle, we put the warnings in the setups for them to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, but then again, we allow them to create from there to springboard their ideas from there. That's really great. So you're, you know, you're really setting it up for people that have a lot of creative ideas. There's, yeah. there's openness for that. But then also there's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to create anything. And if they don't, they can just pick and choose. You've got everything laid out and they can just kind of uh, pick from literally click and it's there. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I want to ask you about the hula hoop. Um, So what, what have you guys seen um, that causes you to say, let's not do the feet? What we've experienced with the hula hoop. um, And it's something we've kind of experienced through events um, is a hula hoop will get caught up on the heels of the horse and they can't get away from it. Right. Um, I, we've literally experienced where the handler is standing inside the hula hoop 
and the horse has done something where it's somehow they've gotten their foot inside the hula hoop. It's got caught up on their heels and then it drags, it sweeps the human's feet right out from underneath them. Oh boy. Uh, so if we see something like that happening, we will warn our hosts against it. Um, you know, are these things rules or whatnot? No, they're guidelines right. and things we've experienced that we're trying to prevent in others, if at all we can. We, yeah. you know, no one's perfect, nothing's perfect, but we're sure going to do our best That's to make great. it a safe event if possible. Yeah. I've seen people uh, create almost like a quick release with the hula hoop. So there's a. Yeah. And that's great, but yeah. not all hula hoops are set up that way. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good. Um, so um, I'm sure that there have been a lot of lessons learned along the way in developing a new sport. And by the way, how long has ETS been? 2013. In? Okay, so it is still, it's 10 years old, yeah. which has given you guys quite a bit of experience, but sure. still, that's new. It's probably one of the yeah. newest sports out there. Wouldn't you? Well, obstacles isn't right sport at all. That obstacles have been around for a long time. Sure. Um, and, uh, but us as an organization, I feel like 10 years is pretty firm footing. Mm -hmm. um, and we've learned a lot and we're, we're, but we're developing all the time and we're adapting all the time. Right. Um, most of our system is developed and most of our tools are developed because a host has said, Hey, I wish it would do this. And we look, we go, well, that's a good idea. Let's look at that. How can we create that for you? And so we've created a lot of tools and materials and processes just off of people's wants and desires That's um, and or their experiences you know so we feel that we are always trying to be open-minded um, we're always trying to grow and develop and adapt every day um, and I think it just makes us better yeah for so. sure that's great what do you find to be the most challenging for you and your in your role most challenging in my role mm -hmm. um oh that's a deep question <laughs> challenging in my role communicating effectively um i've learned through the years um a lot of a lot of a lot of what i've learned i've learned through horses mm -hmm. um you know through the horsenality personality uh, format um and through psychology on how to communicate with different types of horses i've learned to communicate with different types of people um and so communicating effectively with how that person communicates and how that person learns is something i'm always trying to develop and figure out um so with my job i mean most people aren't equine trail sports hosts as a full-time job this is something they're doing on the side right um and so i have to adapt to a their time zone i'm working in all the time zones um and i have to adapt to how they communicate do they text do they call do they email how is the best way they communicate right. um i also have to um accommodate and work around their schedules and in how much do they want to communicate um you know so having to figure out the best way to communicate with people so that they can be successful and that i can be successful in my job i would say that's an always challenge, but I think we're all challenged by that every single day. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. So I don't think it's anything that is a negative. Right. I think it's definitely just, that's just my, my perpetual 
challenge. Yeah, you know, I and I love people. the way you said that, you know, you've you so much of what you do with people is comes from what you learned with horses because oh, absolutely. You know, I think so much of what we do with our horses, the intent and you know what's behind it is so yeah. huge and yeah. if we if we truly are dedicated to trying to communicate clearly yes. we're going to get there it might be challenging but we're going to get there and then there's other people that maybe they just haven't realized that that's their responsibility yet you sure. know in their, in their horsemanship journey um or they just maybe are not open to that idea and they think it's the horse's job um right. you know well, but i think we're all growing in that i mean am i the same person even the same rider I was when I was 18. No, for you know, sure. Yeah. You know, am I the same person and the same rider I was 10 years ago? Absolutely not. Right. Hopefully you know, not. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. you know, so we're all, you know, hopefully all growing and learning as Absolutely. much as we can every day and, and, and trying to get beyond ourselves. Yeah. But I like, I like the, the, what that did in my brain when you shared that, because I think that what I hear you saying is that you're really, um, you're really devoted to that idea of trying That's to figure cool. out how, like, how does this person communicate? How can I best reach them? And that speaks a lot to you. Whereas right. other folks might get caught in the trap of they need to, they need to, um, conform to me. Yes. That's, that's a not, good word. That's just not, not a realistic version vision. Right. And, and that's, uh, and I want to be more open-minded than that. That's great. So, that's yeah. great. But it happens, you know, there's Absolutely. a lot of people that get stuck in that and then they're not, um, my way or the highway. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the, you, you, you forgo a lot of control that way. Like you, all of a sudden you don't control the It's growth. not easy. It's yeah. not, definitely not easy. Right. Um, and sometimes there are, no, I'm sorry. It has to happen this way. Right. How can I help you see that? You right. Know? right. So, I mean, yeah. There are things like that. You know, there, there are certain things that of our format that need to happen right? Um, in order to host with us. So, right. you know, that does happen. Um, but it's usually something we can work with and work around. Yeah, that's that's really good. If people are interested in some of the things that you've been sharing, how do they connect with either you or um, Equine Trail Sports to learn more? Well, Equine Trail Sports, uh, we like to share every bit of information we have. Um, so our website is a great source of information. Um, Facebook, um, depending on what region you're in, and I post an educational post on there every single day. And then two or three times a month, I also post an obstacle on there. Oh, I'll have all three levels with the judging criteria. I'll have a diagram of what the obstacle should look like so people can see the levels. They can see the criteria that judges are looking at. And they're also seeing a diagram of it so they can set it at home and practice. Great. And I think you may have already mentioned this, but if somebody is interested in competing in in uh, an event, they can go to the yeah. website to see they all can, the events yeah. in their area. Well, I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. And it's been super interesting. And I think if there are any people that were on the fence or maybe even didn't know about um, equine trail sports, they definitely know now and uh, yeah. are going to be motivated to go try it out. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Beth. And if you haven't tried an ETS event, or even if you have, that it inspires you to join in on an event in your area and maybe become a judge or host one. I'd love your help with spreading the word about this podcast. There are lots of ways to do this. You can like, 
follow, comment, leave a review, or share it on your favorite social media platform, or you can go old school and tell a friend about it. Thank you for watching or listening, and keep being you. The world needs you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.